0: Welcome to the 104th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Rettner. How are you doing, Roger?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. So, Roger, this week we're talking iPhone. We just heard about the new iPhone 14 models last week, and here to talk about plans for the iPhone, we have Patricio Paukar, co-founder and chief product officer at Navi. Patricio, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Hi, Roger. Hi, Don. So, gentlemen, we just heard about the new iPhone devices. I think there are a lot of of cool new features, things like satellite connectivity, bigger form factors, etc. But, of course, if if I were to go out and try to get a new device, I'd need to attach it to a plan with one of the, the mobile providers here in the U.S. Patricio, can you set the stage for us in terms of where we are on the consumer side for wireless iPhone plans? And what are you seeing in terms of promotions out there right now?
2: Sure, happy to. So, big, big moment in wireless, of course. This is the big season of the year where the iPhone release all eyes were on Apple yesterday. I think the event was largely as expected. Uh, to tell you the truth, I, I don't think we saw anything there that was groundbreaking. Big news on the satellite connection, but I think there's still a lot of limitations to that that we can talk about. Perhaps the biggest thing that stood out to me, quite honestly, was a bit of an ancillary set of news, which was an announcement that Verizon made in the introduction of a new rate plan that is dedicated for the iPhone. "Quote unquote dedicated anybody can get it but it's labeled as an iPhone plan. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah, it was it was it was interesting on the so the the other I think key takeaway we'll talk maybe more about that plan in a minute but the other key takeaway for me was Prices stay the same, and, and I think that's honestly a wise move on Apple's behalf. There was a lot of a speculation about prices going up, the new iPhone being more expensive. And what we saw yesterday is that prices stay the same. And what we've seen so far in terms of promotions from carriers, we've only seen the, the headline promotions be announced. We haven't seen the full detail yet. That'll come tomorrow when the phone goes live for pre-order. But so far what we're seeing is that the promotions are very similar to what we saw last year. So the net net effect for consumers here is that the price of the new phone is going to be you know not that different than it was a year ago, and they'll still be able to get a free phone with some considerations if you have the right trading device, if you have the right plan on the carrier that you're buying, et cetera, et cetera. So not a lot of news there. But going back to what I was saying before on the Verizon plan, it's interesting to see that Verizon has launched this new plan, which sits right in between their most premium, most expensive plan the get more unlimited plan and their mid-tier plans from a price point perspective. And they've gone all in with iPhone here by offering the Apple One subscription included for free. You know, my take on that is clearly Verizon, as you you guys have pointed out in in other conversations, is having a, a hard time right now with subscriber growth and trying to find their footing into how to you know how to fight this battle against uh, t-mobile and at&t and they're seeing the iphone launch as an opportunity to create a bit of a new cycle for them with this plan but there's a it's not a clear uh, home run if you ask me i think the plan has some perks that will attract iphone users but net net it, it doesn't stand out relative to their options in the market
0: well i mean i think you could go direct with an iphone one, or an Apple One plan with any provider, right? So this is basically just kind of packaging something similar to a lot of the other streaming packages that Verizon offers. They're saying, hey, come come to us, get it from us. But but the reality, this isn't an exclusive plan and there's nothing you couldn't kind of get from another provider, maybe probably for a little bit more money, correct?
1: Yeah, and, and at this price point, I don't think it will make an impact. I don't think anybody will switch to Verizon, or very few people will switch to Verizon, because they woke up in the morning and said, I, I need that Apple One subscription, and the only way I can get it is through Verizon, because you can get it directly from Apple, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I, I tend to agree with both your points. I think,
2: Don, your point is, is, is accurate as well. Anybody can go buy this service, right? So we at at Navi, we have a consumer platform where people come and they tell us their preferences and then we help them figure out the best plan. And one of the questions that we ask is, what streaming services are you interested in? And what other features do you value in your plan so that we can help find the right choice for them, the right match for them? And what we've learned over the last several months, watching thousands and thousands of interactions with our site, is that only about... Less than 25% of people really care about streaming services, and and of those that interest is even subdivided. You know, Netflix being the most popular, Disney Plus gaining in popularity, but Apple Services inherently Apple One doesn't have a huge demand, and the fact that you can buy by itself, it it makes it makes no no clear sense, right? Why this would be a a needle mover, other than I think it's just a, a play to try to get some of the try to ride the coattails of the iPhone launch, right? And try to get a little bit of that that hype.
1: Yeah, we do, you know, we do every week a consumer survey, 5,000 on wireless, 5,000 on, on home internet. And out of nine purchase decision factors that we are tracking, your content bundle is a solid number eight. Yeah. Right? That's the eighth most important out of nine things. And... I think it highlights, and this is another move in, in, I think, the wrong direction for Verizon, when it tries to replace its inherent differentiation that it had for such a long time with network, and which has been, it's still there, but it's fleeting. They try to replace it with differentiating based on somebody else's product. Right. And that always fails. You can't differentiate on something that you don't even have exclusively, right? Because anybody can go out there and get whatever streaming platform or whatever plan that Verizon bundles here can get it uh, separately. So the differentiation is just not there. Yeah, And that's, I think, par- part of the, the woes. That Verizon has and, and is, cre- is increasing, and Mano Bouyette, the the CEO of the Consumer Group, just recently talked about a churn bubble, and and Q three will be a really bad co- quarter for Verizon. It will be third quarter in a row that they will lose customers. I'm I'm laying down the line here. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. I think you're you're probably spot on in that prediction.
2: If you look at the indicators, you have carriers like T-Mobile who is just being very aggressive and agile in the market. Even just as recent as last week, right? They they, they attempted to steal a little bit of the thunder from Apple with their own flash announcement about their aspirations to to have satellite connectivity. Uh, I think we, we all know that's a bit of, you know, a plan on a napkin at this point, but nonetheless, I think they, they have some ambitions there. They launched their new and revamped network test drive service. I'm sure you heard about that as well, which happens to leverage the eSIM technology, right? That iPhone is now making ubiquitous with the, the new device. So they're, they're, they're clearly, picking up some momentum and they have some innovation on the product side. And I think that's, that's what's creating a little bit of the pressure for Verizon to do something. And this feels like an attempt to do that, but without clear focus.
0: I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, we, we've looked at, and I think is a big question in the industry is kind of where, where are the net ads coming from, right? Where, where is the growth in the industry coming from and, and where, where is it going kind of moving forward? You know, one of the sources of, of where these new customers are coming from is, you know younger younger folks I was surprised that and I would love to see Verizon have some sort of lower cost iPhone plan that, that is ideal for you know kind of folks who are getting their first phone you know often on a family plan things like that I'm not sure I'm ready to pay you know 90 bucks a month for my my daughter to have an iPhone one plan <laughs> whereas right yeah. it's a high price point and I think that you know particularly when you're looking at where are you' you gonna get the growth from you know we've done a lot of work in terms of looking at you know the the rate at which different providers have children on their family plans and things like that uh, there's room for Verizon to grow in terms of kind of those younger plans that are geared towards younger users and and i just i just think there's a miss there in terms of not having a lower cost
1: plan we, we just did a, a one of our modules we do every month modules and this this week, or like last week, it was like kids and, and phones. And, you know, we did this in March before, and this is before Uvalde, right? This is, we're now post Uvalde. One out of six kids in March, age six, had a phone. This has now doubled to about a third. It will hit 50% by the end of the year, based on our data. And the one who, are, who is missing out seems to be Verizon here. And we, we watched like the back to school promotions and there were no promotions for, for first time under 18 or under 12 because we, we see the numbers and we know by age cohort who has, who has what and, and how many kids have phones. So this is a huge untapped market, or it's now being tapped, right? So we predict, we know third quarter will be a really good quarter because of all the kids that are getting phones. Next quarter will be strong as well, based just based on that.
2: What it makes me think of is my days at Comcast when I was working on Xfinity Mobile, because those by the gig plans are the perfect choice for, for that kind of user right somebody that's just an addition and add a line to your account of a parent account and you only pay for the data that you use which arguably there'll be restrictions on these phones that you know for kids can only use it at certain times etc cetera, etc cetera, with parental controls but that's those are the carriers that I think are well positioned to grow in, in those low cost alternatives right and that's I think where the new growth is coming from, as you point out, but it's also with the financial pressures that that everybody's facing. I think more people, as they consider plans, they're they're thinking about potentially downsizing a little bit, as opposed to paying more.
1: Absolutely, it's it's a strong. Uh, there, there is incentive for the the entry level devices or, or for prepaid, and I think this is a good segue to go into the now eSIM only devices, right from I from from Apple. Yeah, Uh, that was a surprising move, at least from my perspective,
2: that they were removing the physical SIM already. I think it makes sense in in, in the broad scheme of things. And, you know, the carriers, the small MVNOs that are going to find themselves without the ability to connect to an iPhone 14 are probably the ones that also don't sell a lot of iPhone 14s anyway.
1: Yeah, a a lot of it is like coming to, to these providers. And I think both the MVNOs and their their host carriers have to to really step up here, because it's foreseeable that that you know that the physical sim is going away, which has opportunities like what. T-Mobile has shown, right? And it has challenges because now you can't go to, you name the country and put a physical SIM in and the other countries in the world are lagging the U.S. behind in eSIM. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting. Well,
0: I think one of the things that was notable is that the, I believe the European version of the new iPhone will contain the SIM tray still, particularly for, specifically for those considerations, but the North America version is going to be eSIM free. Or That's or, right. Or, That's right. True physical sim free i should say
1: that doesn't help an american who's going to europe or or asia no, or another part of the world right no it doesn't. it doesn't so but then yeah we talked about and looked at, at like all the new features of the iphone 14 and you know it's almost like you know apple will be now the first one to know when you're about to die <laughs> yeah right? Or they might save your their life. I think they would be able to save your life, right? Yeah. Or they might save your life. But at least they know things went seriously wrong in your life, right? Based on the altimeter on the phone. You know, car crash, you do SOS from somewhere in the unconnected wilderness, right? But
2: yeah I think, been, I think those are things that the, the average person is not going to care about, right? Uh, a bit novelty big novelty factor in those features for sure. At least what I've seen so far from coverage of, of, the, of the product, uh, there's a lot of skepticism and, and sarcasm towards you know that being like this is the phone you upgrade to if you're afraid of dying, you know you're gonna get into
1: it a... <laughs> no, But you know I always say in the United States we're really big into theoretical freedoms. Right, practical freedoms not that important. Theoretical freedoms, and we saw it. For example, T-Mobile did really well with the oh, if you travel to Europe, you can get all these gigabytes of free free data and and texting. You still have to pay for voice, but still that, and people ate it up. Thirty seven percent of Americans have a passport, so the ability to to. To use your T-Mobile connection in two hundred countries on the world around the world is a non-factor for two thirds of more than sixty percent of their customer base. But still, oh my God, I can have it the same way. You know, oh, I have a car crash now. I don't have to call nine one one anymore, but my iPhone will do it for me if I don't press uh, stop in within ten seconds.
0: Well, if you're, driving, if you're driving a newer car, your car probably has a cellular connection that's also going to do it, right?
1: Yeah, so you make sure that police and, and ambulances are coming for sure,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. Frankly, frankly, a little bit more than I, like, a little more automation than I personally care for. But yeah, I think uh, I think you're right, Roger. I think a lot of people will see that as the security blanket and the theoretical freedom that they have, even though the reality and the practical realities that they'll likely never need it or use it.
1: And then with the satellite connectivity, the the importance here is this is going to be a very short message. This is not a consumer application. This is really a something that's just happening a few times, right? When you're on top of a mountain and you can't get down. Well...
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought it was interesting. I mean, to compare and contrast, you know, the, the T-Mobile Starlink... Announcement with the the Apple announcement, Apple was very clearly grounding this, and this is an emergency SOS product, and streamlining it such that if you're in trouble, they you know kind of have this whole script thing that you run through where it says you know I'm this is the type of problem I have, and, and this is this is the help that I need, and really tried to make it as, as kind of user friendly for that application as possible. Whereas I think the the Team Apple Starlink announcement, well, interesting didn't necessarily, I think by the end of the announcement, you got to the, the point where this is going to be something that's, you know, limited texting for, for you know, very marginal amount of, of, of data that's being used on the, on the satellite connection. Something like emergency response is what it would really be best geared for. But going into that announcement, it made it sound like there was a little more, more there there in terms of, you know, connectivity outside of the terrestrial grid, which is really not, Going to be well suited for anything, but you know, very short messages to say
1: I I need help, right? Yeah, and to me, it's a emergency thing. It's it's a what T-Mobile and and Starling did was a vision statement, not a product announcement. Well, we would like to do this, right? And
0: also notable, you know, they're using PCS spectrum to do it, which is not not available for use in Europe, right? So this is something that would work in, in. In the U.S., whereas you know, I think that it sounds like Apple service is rolling out and starting in North America, but they may be using different frequencies to make this work that may work globally as well. Awesome. Well, Patricio, thanks for coming on the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. It's been great talking
1: to you. Yeah, thanks, Patricio. All right, guys, take care. Thank you.